Gates with the latest Trots news. Welcome to Gates Beat. Five past twelve, Saturday night out of Melton. It rained, and it rained talent as well. And everybody's hair stood on the back of their neck, just stood up, when the captain put the pedal to the metal and destroyed them. He hit the lead off the back straight. The equine jet goes for home. Captain Ravishing and he burst away. Captain Ravishing has raced away from Rip. Then he's Charlie's Angel. Next is Kafaji. Further back to interest free. But look at him go. Captain Ravishing around the final turn. He has opened up. Third quarter in 27.4. Captain Ravishing. He's going to be the most talked about horse in harness racing anywhere in Australasia. How about that for a win. Captain Ravishing, we salute you. You are a star. Captain Ravishing won by 30. He was Fresh a star, right, Matty? Five past oh. 12. Dan Maliki joins us. G'day, Dan. <laughs> How are you? Uh, g'day, guys. That was something else, wasn't it? Just to be there and, and watch uh, him perform, that was that was just one of the greatest highlights I've ever seen in harness racing, one of the best individual performances. Um, incredible. And he broke the track record by point three of a second, held by Hurricane Harley and Lochinvar Art. This is a three-year-old, and we had an inch of rain during the night. I mean, it just doesn't compute. That's how amazing it was. Captain Ravishing, on Saturday night, it almost looked like the boy had become a young man. I don't say a man yet, because I think he's still got improvement. Yeah, that's that's even scarier, isn't it, Sean? Um, he sat without cover the other night, so he sat off the off the pegs. He rated 151.1. This is a three-year-old that was having his 12th start in a race. Now, we know he's got electric speed. I'm not sure I've seen speed like it. Uh, There's been a lot of um, uh, comparisons to ride high. And ride high, look, he had incredible speed and could sustain it. Um, I still see them as different types of horses, but I understand the similarities. But probably most notably was the only Group 1 race that Ride High won was the same race that Captain Ravishing won Saturday night. It was a Group 1. It was the first Group 1 for Captain Ravishing as well. But um, you'd be pretty brave to say it's not going to be the last uh, because it was just the way he did it. It wasn't set up for him. He, He created that time. He sat parked and... Just when other horses would be gasping for air and putting the white flag up, he found another gear. It was jet propelled. It was like he had a turbo on him. And the horses' records that he broke, I mean, they're great horses, Hurricane Harley and Lochavar Art. And um, uh, he's sitting without cover doing it. Um, I'm sure he's the most exciting horse. Look, he probably was leading into the series. But after what we saw the other night, um, he'll transcend, I think, to, to the other codes and create interest uh, with lots of people outside of, of harness racing. He's pretty special. Well, I think that's a great point. I think he, he's already doing that. He has probably already done that over his last couple of starts, and I think he'll continue to do that if he puts in performances like that. And listening to your call on Saturday night, Dan, it reminded me of a young boy who was experiencing Christmas for the first time, and he was opening his, his big present under the tree, and he he, uh, he just couldn't believe his eyes. It was the just ex- pure excitement in your voice. I, I wanted to ask you, when's the last time that you've been this excited about a young, a young horse? 
it's look. There has been a few runs where I've called Captain Captain Ravishing. Some ha- had a bit of an idea of uh, how exciting he can be, but it's something that you yearn for, and sometimes it, it unfolds in front of your eyes without necessarily expecting it. Um, uh, and that's what I enjoy. I love being surprised. And um, I mean, that was only the last 400 metres or so we heard the replay of, but uh, it was a pretty exciting race from start to finish because the pace was on. And, I, and I'm not sure when that last horse was. It's probably ladies and red who was running earlier on in the night, and she was running when it was pouring rain. I mean, it was it was full on rain then, and she just powered through the wet. Uh, and she was she did the job that you would expect her to do. She she was impressive, but she just gets the job done. She's uh, she's tradesman like yeah, you know, in a lot of her victories, and she'll get it done as my delight delight does nine out of nine. Also winning early, but whereas Captain Ravishing. He's very flamboyant, I find. You know, he's the sort of horse that um, he lets you know that he's there. You, you can't miss him. Um, be a bit like Jason Ackermanis in a way in the, in the <laughs> football, you know what I mean? There's very few that can uh, talk the talk and then walk the walk. And, and, and Acker used to be able to do it like no one else. And, and Captain Ravishing's a bit that way now. Um, and I think he's starting to know he's pretty good. Uh, everyone else in harness racing knows it. Um, we just want to see it again. That's the thing. It whets the appetite that will live on this run, but imagine how many eyes are going to be on him wherever his next start is going to be mm. um, and, and the acceleration because I get the feeling at times, as good a driver as Mark Pitt is, sometimes he's just a passenger when he's on that horse. When he takes off, um, he, he needs his seatbelt, you know, because one day he might get flipped out of the back because there's no second or third gear with Captain Ravishing. It's the fourth gear and then bang, turbo hits and he's off and running. So he might have whiplash, Mark Pitt. You know, he took off that quick off the back and they were already running track record time. It's just amazing. And Dan, you look back a couple of runs ago uh, out of Melton there, there was one run that went down the back, his offside ear was going up and back and his head, he was almost sort of looking around thinking, what's that, what's going on over there? And on the turn for half a stride, he almost skipped and you thought, gee, he's just like a big kid, he's a big dorky school kid. But on Saturday night, it was like all of a sudden this limousine stepped out, the smooth motor, Mm. nothing went wrong. There's some eccentricity about the way he goes about his business and you know, imagine if you were a, a trainer of an athlete. I mentioned the sort of the Usain Bolt in a way, and you don't want them lifting their heads up. You want them to concentrate. You you get annoyed because you feel like that they're using energy elsewhere, a bit like a, a Kyrgios, for example, and you sort of think, just concentrate on tennis and you'll be a superstar, you know what I mean, uh, even though he's so very talented. And it's a bit like that at times. Well, that's the feeling that you get, so you're spot on, Sean. Uh, but the other night, uh, I think what you said before is, is spot on. Uh, he, he was seen like he'd grown up he was much more mature and, and I think he had to be to, to to run that sort of time and um, and that sort of a performance uh, and we want to see more of it if he is grown up if he, he is the complete article now uh, it's a pretty exciting time for him and his connections and for harness racing you mentioned ladies in red there just before Dan she won the uh, the four-year-old contest for the mayors on on Saturday night at Melton. I, I thought she was just dominant. I, I thought it was an incredibly good performance from from her, and to the point where I'm, she maybe she had the radio on on Monday when Emma Stewart said, "Major delight's gone past her already." As a bit of a reminder, who is the the star mayor in the stable, and also in Australia, are you selling her a little bit short by calling her tradesman like? Because I thought it was a pretty dominant win on Saturday. 
Oh, well, in a lot of her wins, she, she gets the job done. And even the other night, she had to sit parked. But you're right, she was very impressive the other night in adverse conditions as well, Matt, because at that stage of the night, it was pouring rain. It was probably the one race on the card where the weather was, uh, uh, could be, uh, you know, affecting a horse's performance. It didn't affect hers. If anything, we realised she might have been better in the wet because she, uh, she glided around as if she was on skates. She was ultra impressive. And you're right. But she just gets the job done. And she is exciting because she's only little, but she's tough. And she hasn't necessarily got the physique as, say, even a major delight. Major delight's beautifully uh, put together young two-year-old filly who's unbeaten. Uh, so not dissimilar to where Ladies in Red was in her career as a, as a two-year-old. But uh, Ladies in Red's four-year-old now. She's clearly the best mare going around. And I, I think she's clearly the best four-year-old going around. Captain Ravishing's a three-year-old. And, uh, and Major Delight's a two-year-old. So, uh, and there were other stars on the program, but, uh, yeah, I love Ladies in Red. And, um, you know, we need to treasure these horses while they're still racing. They're only ever one injury away from um, their career ending. Um, so we need to enjoy it. And you don't get too many programs like we did on Saturday night to, to, to celebrate all these superstars and all be winning on the one night as well. Now, we'll just clear these totes race two at Ballarat. The winner, four confound, 1480, 270, two Miss Bianca, 375. Aberdeen Grange, 150-4-3, Whiskey Jess, Quinella, 68 even. Exacta, 9450, the try, 409.40, the four, 1879.70. And the running double, no one got jackpot of $54. Dan, I want to get your thoughts straight after this replay of uh, Major Delight, whether or not you thought the fairy tale may have been going to come to an end. Major Delight with a big lead. Tempting Tigress is eight metres away and running on. Major Delight, five metres. Tempting Tigress is getting close here. Tempting Tigress is after Major Delight. Major Delight needs the left. Tempting Tigress getting close. Will she get up? I don't think so. Major Delight's got heart. Major Delight fights on and wins. Nine out of nine. All right, Dan, what was going through your mind the last hundred metres? Well, before that point, she looked like she was going to win like Captain Ravishing did. Mm. She was putting a gap mm. on them. And then I actually got the feeling that she was waiting for the other horse. And it was just a feeling you had. It's not necessarily something you can say. It's it's incredible that race callers can have all these thoughts in their heads but still use other words. And um, momentum was definitely with Tempting Tigress. And the test was, is she going to fight back here? And she did. And she actually waited. Once Tempting Tigress got into her eye line, Major Delight lifted. And it was almost, I felt like Major Delight flexed her bicep and said, <laughs> nice try, but you're not getting past me. But I think anyone that backed her at the short quote, uh, they might have had to have a stiffer drink a minute or two later. Um, she's a wonderful, wonderful filly, nine out of nine. It's a long season for the two-year-old fillies as well. Um, but she, she's a terrific horse. And again, she just keeps getting the job done. A lot of her wins haven't been by big margins. Uh, but it also highlights how good the tempting Tigress is. Mm. Um, she was previously unbeaten before that race and runs the best two-year-old filly to a half a neck. So I think we've got to put that into perspective. And also that of Emma Stewart. She, uh, she saddled up four runners, her and Clayton Tonkin in that race. Four runners in that particular race. And they finished first, second, third and fourth. And two of them were 100 to one or longer to finish in the mm-hmm. top four. So it's not a bad effort. I, I know she had a wonderful night. It's no surprise. Six winners on the card. And, uh, I'd say the majority of her stable stars were able to succeed. But even some of those state, the 
ones that aren't stable stars were still finishing in their optimum uh, position and I think they'd be equally thrilled to see Perfect and Pink uh, and Spring Blue do as well as they did uh, running third and fourth. Yeah, remarkable performance across the night. I won't tell you what I was thinking with 100 metres to go or when they passed the post because I had something on Tempting Tigress, uh, Dan. Uh, look, there was only a short margin between the two on, on the night, and obviously they'll do battle over different uh, distances at different stages throughout their career. But how much do you think there is between them? Or is there, as you're sort of pointing out, that maybe there isn't all that much between them after seeing them on Saturday? Yeah, no doubt about it. And Tempting Tigress has had less experience than, than Major Delight. At least I think we... Now the tempting Tigress has been beaten. We know where she fits in the pecking order. And that's pretty close behind Major Delight. Once they have their break to go in as three-year-olds, um, which one of those two is going to improve the most? Um, we've seen it in previous years where other horses can make the necessary improvement. Maybe Major Delight, maybe she doesn't have to, but tempting Tigress could make uh, a better progression and be a better three-year-old. So, and that's exciting. Um, but major delight, clearly. She's unbeaten. So, uh, she's uh, deservingly got the gold medal. But I'm, uh, I like where Tempting Tigress is going. And you change those barrier draws, and Tempting Tigress is able to lead. Major mm. delight sits without cover. Does the result change? I, I'm not sure, because major delight will often win from sitting without cover. Um, but it, it sets up some exciting races to come uh, when they're when they're three. Yeah, they'll do battle like ladies in red and tough till he have for the next couple of years. You would imagine uh, one of the more emotional uh, victories across the line was Nathan Jack when he won on school captain. Dan, he was very excited with the victory and credit to you as well. You were you were all over it on on Thursday on green light on on the fact that maybe the lost storm, the gut buster of the week before, might have caught up with him and. Um, it was a little bit of an upset there in the in the two year old final school captain prevailing. Yeah, look, he's a really good horse. He's a beautiful looking horse. He's a colt by Captain Treacherous, beautifully bred out of Yankee Showgirl, raced by Lauriston Bloodstock, who uh, who bred and raced uh, Ladies in Red. Um, he, he's got good gate speed. Nathan Jack, I, I thought he had a wonderful night, Nathan Jack. Uh, he, he won on the locomotive and he had to avoid a galloper right at the start. Um, he was in the zone and even the way he rated school captain, he just pressing the button at the optimum times and the horse looked magnificent. He's got a beautiful stride about him. He's a very classy horse and that showed it was a dominant win, but, uh, Nathan just, he drove that horse ideally. He made it look like he was never going to be beaten in the run. Uh, the Lost Storm, conversely, had to sit without cover. And the last time he sat without cover uh, against school captain, school captain had his measure over the shorter trip. But I think uh, that gut bust of the week before had to be a little bit of a factor, um, particularly for Captain's Knock, who was involved in that early battle with the Lost Storm. And Captain's Knock, he ended up running six the other night, but he didn't progress. I'm sure it affected him. And they were hard runs. These are young horses. So the Lost Storm's performance still run third. It was still fantastic. Um, and Emma Stewart's uh, other runner, perfect class, running second. The winner's trained by Russell Jack, but he's a good horse. He's a seriously good horse. I, I think we knew that prior, uh, but the better barrier draw uh, assisted him, uh, and he- he'll be a star. He is already. He's a Group 1 winner. Captain Treacherous um, had a, a huge night inside school captain, Captain Ravishing, but another tough win was his filly in Cypher. Yeah, she, she's she's a star. She just keeps getting the job done. 
made a mention a number of feature races, particularly as a two-year-old. She'd, she'd draw badly and it, she'd still go down fighting, sometimes win, but often something else with a better run would, would beat her. But with a better barrier draw, she's clearly the best uh, three-year-old filly. And uh, she was always in control on on Saturday night to win the uh, three-year-old Phillies uh, final. She was the Oaks winner from a couple of months ago. Her stable mates run second and third, Soho Historia and Amore Vita. They were both terrific, uh, but in Cypher is, is the best of those Phillies. Soho Historia won the Queensland Oaks, and she's run riding up, right up to that form. I think Miss Shanti, it was a terrific run. Blake Jones, on this 100-to-1 shot, flew across at the start. It made it a bit of a race. And uh, that's what um, gave her, uh, well, she ended up running fourth in the end, but in Cypher, always had the respect of every other uh, horse in the race and all of her rivals, so she always looked like she was probably going to get to the front. It makes a big difference, and she's a good filly and a deserving winner. She started, actually, a lot of those odds-on favourites, there was a few that were odds-on, but they've ended up ridiculously short in the end. In Cypher, you could have got about a dollar forty-five, a dollar fifty, about during the day. She ends up at a dollar twenty. Even a ladies in red, you know, in the afternoon, look, mm. just a couple of hours before the race, you could get a dollar fifty-five. And yet on the tote, she paid a dollar oh four. Captain Ravishing was the same. I mean, it's just a, quite extraordinary. Anyone that played some of the all ups with some fixed odds uh, earlier in the day. Just a couple of hours before the meeting got underway, uh, quite amazing the difference uh, of what the final starting prices were and what you could have got through the day. When you look at uh, ladies and red guys and you, you see the way that she won, you'd think a dollar oh one was value. <laughs> you could have got freely a dollar fifty five a couple of hours before the race. Better than bank interest. A uh, Dan the second, the two year old trotting fillies, early doors in that race, they went like shoplifters, didn't they? Yeah. They, they, ab- <laughs> they absolutely did. And, uh, look, Susan is her name. Uh, the race set up really well for her. She's a quality filly. There's no doubt about that. But rocking with attitudes performance to be involved in that lead time. The lead time was an equal track record lead time. And these are two year old fillies. These are babies. And the, the record that was previously stood was from the fast class trotters, as you would probably realize it, mm. it had to be. But they scored her effort. They absolutely scorched, and she still kept going rocking with attitude. She was 15 metres in front of the third horse. It was an extraordinary run, and she probably deserved better. Um, but Susan, his name, is, is a top filly, and I think we're going to see these two clash on a number of occasions uh, down the track. A really strong group of two-year-old trotting fillies, and that was, uh, that was a fantastic early race. It's a good thing about harness racing. It's not just a, a, an event that can build to a crescendo in the last 100 metres is, is the most exciting part of the race. Um, exciting things can happen at any stage of a harness race. And sometimes the races are won, won and lost in the first three or 400 metres. And in this case, uh, that brutal tempo, um, you would think that Rockin' with Attitude was going to finish far closer to last than first. And, and in the end, it was actually a really good, a quality filly that was able to run her down. Extraordinary run, Rockin' with Attitude. As good as Captain Ravishing was, it's hard to take away, you know, if you had a gold medal for the night, uh, it, it would probably have to go, or well, three votes go to Captain Ravishing and maybe the, the silver to ladies in red. But I I think rocking with attitude from a beaten uh, runner perspective has got to be right up there. It'd be like a footballer getting 40 possessions in a game where their team got beaten by 100 points. You know, they're bound to get a vote. And rocking with attitude's run was as big as you could imagine without winning. Ballarat in 30 seconds. Dan, there was a look out the window here in Carlton. The conditions are extraordinary. The wind is just 
crazy. It looks like there's trees falling over. It was pretty wild on Saturday night at Melton too, wasn't it? We had the, the break in play for the lightning. Yeah, we did. There was a little bit of lightning about, and the wind was high, and it was poor and rain. Uh, the, the meeting got delayed, and look, there could have been about 20 mils of rain that was dumped on the track. It was coming in sideways and looping because of the wind, not dissimilar to probably what you're getting right now. The sun's out at my place now, uh, but I was uh, just talking down the line to uh, to Mikey Valisaris, our, our esteemed uh, panel operator, and at the time, this is 15 minutes ago, it was pouring rain, and it was cyclonic winds, and I think you're getting that now, and they were the conditions on Saturday night. They were still running fast time. Credit goes to Geordie and the team, the track staff at Melton, because even when that high wind come up and there was rain, they were still doing things on the track to make sure it was spot on. And to think all of that rain, and they would run a track record. I mean, it's ridiculous that you could have that. And only an hour and a half after that significant rain, they, they set a track record. I say they, it was Captain Ravishing. But the times all night were always very quick. So uh, kudos. And there's another three votes. I think it's got to go to the, to the track staff. Well done. It played so well. With Dan Malecki uh, looking back at Harness Racing from Melton on Saturday night. Dan, we spoke about the, the superstars, Captain Ravishing, Lady in, in Red, the whole lot. But I tell you what, Harry Stamper just went around and did the job beautifully. Yeah, and it was really pleasing to see for Joe Pace. Um, uh, everyone loves Joe. He's done a mighty job. He's got a really good group of horses now, and uh, he left his full-time job a few years ago, and it's, it's paying dividends. And uh, it was emotional, and so it should be, but he's a very good horse, Harry Stamper, and he had an extra string to his bow because any horse that can come out of the gate and hold out Plymouth Chubb, um, well, put it this way, I don't know of too many. Plymouth Chubb so quick out of the gate, but Harry Stamper was able to keep him out and made a big difference, made it a soft win in the end, Anthony Butt, uh, with that little bit of aggression at the start, and um, he's a good horse, and he beat a field of, of very good three-year-old trotters. Uh, so he's destined for a, a fantastic career, Harry Stamper. He'd shown it, no surprise. He was uh, $2.70 second favourite, but once he led, he was probably a $1.70 chance, because most were expecting that he might have to sit without cover, but even then, he still would have been right in the mix. He's a really good horse, so very pleased for Joe Pace. Joe's got a really good team of horses, many that he's acquired from New Zealand, um, but a really good team of horses, and he does a wonderful job. All his horses, they have a bit of a stamp about them, uh, so he's, uh, he picks them out. A lot of them are, are similar in type uh, and similar in ability. They're all very good. And the other horse, uh, Act Now, won the last, just a, a good tradesman-like job. Yeah, he's very good in front, very difficult to get past. Uh, he wanted to throw his head up a bit, and he looks like he was switching on and off. He's a stallion by some beat somewhere, but he really clicks with Jody. Uh, he won the derby last year, and he's been back in really good form this year as well. And being a quick beginner, uh, it's always A, an asset that he's got. But when he's in front, uh, they find it hard to run him down. And he, he carved out some very slick sectionals of 27 and then 26.8. So he never really looked like being beaten. The horse that ran second was a 100-to-1 shot, one big show, and ran a ripper race. Uh, but, but Act Now is a quality horse. He's a Group 1 horse. That last race was a Group 2. It was a $50,000 uh, Group 2. But he's a Group 1 horse. He's a, he's a Group 1 winner previously. And there's some big things in store uh, for him. So the Breeders' Crown Series is now in the books for 2022, Dan, and we turn our attention to the Inter-Dominion, which kicks off this week and will dominate uh, harness racing in this state over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's such an exciting series, and um, it kicks off at Ballarat on the 26th of November. 
Yeah, regional centres of uh, Ballarat, Shepparton and, and Geelong uh, for the uh, first three nights of the Inner Dominion Series. And uh, and then, of course, the grand final at Tapcourt Park, Melton on the 10th. So um, we go straight into it, uh, the Inner Dominion. There'll be three rounds of heats uh, for... Uh, the Trotters and the Pacers, and three heats on each night for each of those gates as well. So it's very exciting. Uh, they're pretty open too, uh, particularly in the pacing ranks. I, I really feel this year, more than any other, you only have to look at the uh, the market on offer at Tab, and I think the dream's alive for any of those horses that are going to be running through the Inner Dominion because it's quite wide open. And, and again, even the question mark with Bolt for Brilliance, the New Zealander coming for, mm. for the trotting Inner Dominion. So many things can change just after night one, but night one is at Ballarat on Saturday night. So as you can imagine, we take our uh, head up out of the water for, for a bit of air and then we're right into it again. But it's, it's a very exciting time of the year. And uh, yeah, that's good news for Bolt for Obedience. You had the, the private workout over the weekend. They've gone, yep, or thumbs up. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's great. We need a horse of his quality here. And we also need that representation from New Zealand. It's a bit lighter on this year than it often has been over the years. So it was... Extra important to have him here as a representative from New Zealand, uh, as well as having a quality horse. Uh, so he's going to be here, and even if, a couple of lengths off his best, he's still going to be very competitive. There's no doubt about that, but I'd prefer to have him here at 90% than not at all. Danny, exciting times. Uh, what a weekend it was. Some incredible performances. Well called, as always. Uh, look forward to catching up on Thursday as we preview the weekend's action once again. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Thank you very much. There's Dan Malecki joining us.